Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. Appreciate that. It means a lot to have OGs like you listening and you know you setting the path. So I appreciate you being here. And with that, we are live with the 207 legend Mike B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in here, uh, Waterville legend, educated advocates legend, Akusto, P. Dank. It's got some stripes on the sleeve for sure in this hip hop shit. So thank you for being here, Mr. Mike B. Yeah, man, no doubt. Thank you for having me, bro. Anytime, anytime. Um, it's a nice night. Maybe the best day of the year thus far for weather. Um, so shout out that too. And um, I'd love to get into my first question that I, <clears throat> excuse me, have to ask everybody. And that is, uh, what is your first memory of hip hop? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, shit, I've been, I thought about this a little bit because I know I've been checking the, the episodes and all that. Mad appreciation. Though. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of memories, uh, a lot of early memories, but I think, um, <clears throat> One of the earliest ones was uh, was actually an injury. Uh, Ooh, yeah, do yeah. tell. It was an it, it was an injury. Um, so I was in uh, you know early grade school, probably. I mean, it could have been anywhere from like kindergarten, first, second grade, something like that. My uh, neighbor had a tape that he had just got that was um, the House of Pain jump around tape. And oh boy! Yeah, yeah. We were in his room. We were wiling out. He put the tape on, <laughs> and um, we're you know. We're vibing out and and it's mad energy and then you know next thing I know we're jumping, we're jumping on the bed and he had one of those bedroom uh, roofs that were kind of slanted yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I got you one know. of those forty five yeah. degree <laughs> angle shit. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Protractor. So you know I might have got a little too fired up and jumped real high and just you know smashed my head off of the roof and uh, had a fucked up neck for you know like a couple of weeks. Can you know? Yeah, but that's when that's when I knew I was hooked, man. You uh, like, you here your first memory of hip hop was you almost, you almost freaking break a vertebrae for it. <laughs> I got smacked over the head with it. You there know? you go, Jack. Yeah. Um, I want to talk too about youth and hip hop. Excuse me, um, because um, you're from Waterville originally, right? Yeah. Yep. Mainer born in Brazil. So shout out that like myself. Shout out OB. But um. I uh, did some research on you, and uh, you have some family members that perhaps slid you some, maybe some some tapes, like, I don't know, Onyx, Ice Cube, and you playing them <laughs> in, the, in the desks. Yeah, at, yeah. On the tape deck in school. Talk, talk about your early relationship with a, like with a consuming hip-hop, I guess, and who put you on. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, um, I would say, you know, there were, there were a few different uh, early influences for me when it comes to hip-hop, um, but I have, uh, you know, an uncle of mine who actually, you know, he was just a... He was maybe like uh, he's maybe a few a few years older than me, maybe a handful of years older than mm, me. Mm. But he was really into hip hop. Um, so when I was real little, he would he would put me on to different um, different you know groups and artists. And he would slide me tapes and and shit like that. Yeah, so, hell yeah. Yeah, so I was into it um, early on. He was definitely uh, what age is this? It was um it was definitely grade school. It was like around the same time. That's pretty as the bossy story putting I told you on, yeah. Yeah, he would give me like he would give me a lot of 
he would give me a lot of tapes that maybe like he had acquired that he found out were like edited or something. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like, oh, I don't want this one. It's edited. You yeah. know, I'll give it to to my little nephew. That's um, perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. And sometimes he would hit me with, you know, like the raw, with the raw, raw <laughs> shit. And then Shout I would, out that. Yeah. I would need <laughs> to kind of keep it on the low, you know? I know that too well. Yeah. I have a mom print out lyrics and shit. And <laughs> I have to like return a tenacious DCD to Boom Moose once because they let me buy it. She's like, this is, un- this is unacceptable. Like, Come on, man. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool. Shout out your uncle, yo. So yeah, you, shout out to my uncle. You Paul, bumping man. OG shit back in, um, you know, six, seven years old. That's tremendous, yo. Um, so it sounds like you know, hip hop was just a huge part. Like, I mean, um, in my research too, I saw you did a lot of skateboarding too in your youth, correct? Yeah. I always yeah, think skateboarding and hip hop go hand in hand. It's a lot of street culture. Just you hanging out, meeting either like people who live in the streets or people who just like to hang out outside in the streets. So like hip hop and hip or you know, skateboarding. Like that, um, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of talk about your youth in Waterville. What What was it like growing up in Waterville? You know, briefly, like, and what What you like to do when you were growing up? Yeah. Well, I guess it was pretty dope, man. Like, um, I can't complain. Um, I had a next door neighbor that uh, was a little bit older. He would put me on. To, you know, he put me on to like Wu Tang um, and NWA and shit like that. Nice, nice, nice. But um, we were always out. You know, we were always out and about, man. Whether we were like riding bikes or a little bit later, I got into skateboarding. We'd be riding around town. Um, it was a cool environment, I think, for uh, hip hop because there was a lot of a lot of people came to skateboard in Waterville from surrounding areas. Mm, was there a park there or something? We had a we had an outdoor park and an indoor park. And the indoor park was at the Boys and Girls Club in the gymnasium, and there were a bunch of really dope ramps. That's so they would, sick. Yeah, and they would pull them out like a couple of times a week. They'd pull Ooh. the ramps out, and um, people would come from all over. And one thing I remember. It was a teen program, but they would let me go to it, even mm. though I wasn't, like, teenage yet. Mm. And um, kids would always bring a boombox and tapes. So when you think about, like, skateboarding culture in the 90s, it was always either, like, punk rock getting played or hip-hop getting played, you know? And it yes. Was, like, a lot of, like, the New York um, underground hip-hop and shit like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. So that was a big part of the influence for me. And... Um, you know, around and, and through that, through the culture of like skateboarding and and going to that skate park a lot, I met some older cats who were doing a radio show. Yes, I wanted to talk about. Um, excuse me if I'm incorrect, but Colby College College Radio Station. It's a W A um, W M H P. Yeah, yeah. WMHP, so I, I, right. I do. Yep. Um, um, good plug time. I'm co-director of hip hop programming at USM's radio station WMPG. So I have. And I'm a huge fan of like Stretch and Bobito and just shit like that. So I'm a huge, yeah. huge like fan of college radio. Um, so let's talk about your relationship with consuming college radio and just getting into it. Because you ended up spitting fucking bars. It was like, what, 12, 13 on that station? Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into those stories, man. That's very interesting. Yeah, it was huge, man. Like, I could definitely say uh, when it comes to my relationship with uh, hip-hop music is uh, I owe a lot of it to college radio days. Shout out that, yo. Yeah. I love, you know, I love that. Late 90s. Um early 2000s i mean i started uh i started making it up to the radio station i was probably around like 12 years old um and some of the older homies had a show and it was all vinyl there was no there was no cds damn Um, like they would make you know the distribution companies would make cds available but the dude running the station was like no just send the wax Mm. um no, no, like digital files. It was all vinyl. So mm. the radio station had the crazy vinyl collection, and That's there was so cool. yeah, and there was always new stuff coming in. So it was like an endless supply of uh, music to check out, and a lot of it was mm. independent. 
they would um you know they would ditch any records that came in that were on a major label or were like considered mainstream they would throw them in the yeah, trash yeah and in one of your interviews i remember you, you you saying that um that the labels or like the uh station was like yo we don't need like big label shit like every other station has that or right. in waterville we're pretty off the beaten grid like you're pretty much in between bangor and portland at that point kind of like in a dead zone no offense i mean yeah, yeah. i got infinite love for all the small towns of Maine because i come from one but at the first time or at the same time i'm not afraid to say that ain't shit popping in those towns a lot of a lot of the months so to have a creative outlet like that is that was so almost counterculture for lack of a better phrase i think it's very very cool yeah yeah it was great man and um I learned about a lot of I learned about a lot of great music through that, and there was an old school section I would dig through the old old school section. And what and what and what genres like soul, jazz, funk, R and B kind of shit? Or? It was most no. By the time I was there on the regular, they had actually gotten rid of all the jazz, funk, and soul and R and B records. It was just old school hip hop. So they categorized the hip hop collection into three different sections. One was uh, up until 1993, Ooh. and then it was 1993 onward and then there was the new new section this is all vinyl too right yeah and it was all vinyl yep yeah what album covers what what comes to your mind when you think of those memories man man uh ed og life in the kid of the uh, life of a kid in the ghetto boston legend at og yeah new england exactly. legend yep. at og uh the artifacts that's them in between a rock and a hard place um man screwball Screwball. I I know that one. No, you should check out Screwball. I have man. to now. Put yeah, me on. yeah. Screwball was crazy. Um, <laughs> Primo was doing beats for them and all that. You know. Oh, so it's like group home kind of type. You know, group home. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit later. Though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. because he did some shit with that OG too. That's why I love Primo. He always like works with those like you know veteran underground MCs from all across the country. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Primo's real tuned in to um to those cats who have been putting in work. Yeah. You know, and he's not afraid to. To show love. That's true, true. And he just always makes clean-ass beats. And speaking of making <laughs> clean-ass beats, man, let's talk about yourself again. Because you out here consuming um, hip-hop culture, whether you're skating, you at the cool uh, parks, you listening to the radio. What made you then want to flip that and become almost um, a creator and get into it? Because like, I know, you, um, in my opinion, you're one of the best producers like, ever in the States. So just shout out that first. Yo, but I know you produce, you. Um, you rap, graffiti. What kind of got you, like, what was the first pillar, so to speak, that you kind of wanted to tap your foot into first? I feel like um, I was always making music. I grew up making music. I started playing. Um, Do you have family that played music? Yeah, yeah. Most most of my family played music. I had um, uncles who were playing drums and guitar. I had uh, great aunts and um, who were playing like the harp. You know what I mean? That's like, get, my, the harp. Yeah, yeah. Have you my, seen a relative <laughs> at, a, at a family function pull at a harp? No, <laughs> no, it was it was before she oh, okay. she yeah that's, it was that's cool. She actually um she had played with the group the three sons played the harp, um so I had like a good amount of family who was you know moderately successful with with music so, and my pops was a guitar player so by the time I was you know real little <laughs> early grade school, uh, I was on his guitar trying to get lessons and and writing my own songs on that, and. Um, so, you know, I went on doing that the whole time I was I was I was always playing music and trying to make my own stuff. Mm, but um mm. I feel like I started to uh go toward making hip hop music more. It must have been um it was probably about the sixth grade, like around the time I yeah, started like probably what, high what twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And um I had a... You know, I just had a keyboard and a multi-track recorder, mm. and I used to try to do it in one take. I would hit record, and I would play out the drum track on the keys live with no, you so know, you no quantize or whatever. So you almost producing first. 
it was simultaneous maybe it was kind of simultaneous it was at the same time like i wanted to make songs and i didn't know any beat makers so i would make the beat and then write a song to it and then record it yeah and it was it was definitely a learning experience i still have some of those um tapes in the stash but uh i think it was you know right it was right around that time i would make songs record them on the tape and then i'd bring them into school and like show people in headphones and all mm. that, you know. What what people and, uh, say when you watch shit in? It was it was mixed reviews. So like you know, of course, like the people I was cool with and tight with, they would uh, they would be like, yeah, this is super dope, you know. Yeah. But I remember the first time I remember uh, hearing one time that a homie of mine had made a few copies and uh, gave it out to different people, and like one of the persons like stomped the tape. Oh, yeah, did you chase him down? It was whack. No, no, I just took that. I was like, okay. Okay. I just got to do better. You know uh, that's I mean? that's yeah. that's mature, very mature of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, damn. What was your early rapper name? It was, it was it was adverb. It was adverb. adverb. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm making sure my journalism is still good. Yeah. MC adverb. Um, you dropped like a bootleg album like early when you were in high school too, right? Yeah. Like how long was that? Like freshman year you did that, or how how old were you? You started dropping. It was. Um, let me think now. Uh, I know it's a hard question. I don't want to put you on the spot, but. It was, I think it was like 02. I think it was 02 when 02. I put out that, the official yeah. bootleg, uh, which would have been, yeah, it would have been like freshman, maybe sophomore year, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was cool, man. Like, I went to a local recording studio and um, I didn't really know all too well how to mm-hmm. record. So basically, I had to do it, hit record, and um, I would do the whole song mm. front to back in one take, including the hooks. Really, you just go on to every yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I would do Tremendous. a dub track, and then that was it. You know, like it was no like record the hook and then go back. That's awesome. That's mad raw, yo. It was it was all right, man. It was interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, probably not your proudest work today, but you still got to respect <laughs> yeah. that you you know took the. Uh, I think of almost kind of like you know it's like when those birds jump out of the nest and they got <laughs> and they got to learn to fly. Eventually, like you know, fucking start flapping your wings, and you'll get out. So, um, yeah. but you've been rapping on the radio before you even dropped that album, right? Yeah. How, how did you link yeah. up? Because let's, let's, there's some fellow Waterville legends we got to shout out too. So shout out some of the names that uh, help kind of link you up with the WMHP. Yeah, man, no doubt. Um, so my homie, um, let me think for a quick moment now. So my dudes, uh, Micah, Micah Emery, Ethan mm. Beach, and um, uh, Bruce Ricky, man, they had a show mm. called The Connection, The Hip Hop Connection. And they knew that I was rapping. And it was a dope show, man. They played a lot of great music. Shout out to them. Yeah. So shout out to them. And they had me come through and uh, rap on that show. And I still, that's actually the tape. I've I've still got a tape of that. Um, I haven't listened to it in forever. But uh, Mm. they had me rap over, um, it was the uh, Ghetto Like D&D instrumental from the D&D All-Stars. Which is a fire joint. If you don't know it, you should, D&D you should check that out. What is that? From? That's not, that rings um, a heavy bell. Like D&D Studios. Where oh, was, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they did a joint called Ghetto Like D&D. I gotta see that, that was, uh It was like a posse cut. It was fire. Mm. And then um, the second beat that I rapped on on that joint was... Uh, 
scary movies, I think, with the Eminem. Yeah, Roy's. That's like the yeah. best Bad Meets Evil song. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They made that for a scary movie. That's a promo track that plays at the end of the movie. Scary right, movie. right, yeah. It's just so fucking weird, but that song <laughs> smacks. He's yeah. like the one man who could drop off of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, hop on a out Trans- of a Trans Am and land, land in a handstand, something like yeah. that. Yeah, shit, that dude. I still remember that. I bumped it all the time. <clears throat> Fuck, I love that song. Cool, that's cool shit, man. How'd you yeah. link up with Jay then, yo? Yeah, so we so, gotta get educated on these advocates, man. We gotta start. We gotta <laughs> no put people in some game on that too, man. Yeah, that's man. a huge part of me in hip hop history. So while I was uh, while I was hanging out with my dudes who were doing the radio show, The Connection. There was another radio show called The Hip Hop Nation, and that was so. There was two dope hip hop shows. Yeah, at, at Kobe least, College. At least, yeah. That's up in Waterville. It was pretty steady. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and so the Hip Hop Nation was Lee Larue and Jay Scissor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, Lee had like crazy connections, man. He had the dopest interviews and drops from everybody and mm. exclusives. So their show was like, like from local artists and shit. Nah, from like everybody, you know what I mean. Like, the deep underground, yeah, the whole yeah. underground, yeah. Ooh. Like he had the um, uh, this would have been later, but like he had that Wu uh, Pinky Ring joint as a white label that was like Damn. he just like got handed a copy of it or whatever before that before it was out and shit like that. So main hip hop, yeah. He always had the crazy connections. Um, so eventually, I ended up on the show um, with Lee, and he let me come on and rap and. Um, he was the one who was like, you need to talk to my dude Jay and um, give me his Karen. phone number. Yeah, and it was Jay Karen. So I ended up calling up Jay, and um, we hit it off real well, and he had me come through his spot. He had the MPC out, um, had a bunch of beats. That he what year is this? What time period? Um, I guess it would have been before 05, so probably like... Um, I don't know, 03, 04, Damn. something like that. When would you say the Educated Advocates really, like, formed? I feel like uh, it initially it would have been um, maybe 07, mm. 06, 07, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so... That's so good. Yeah, man. I just think I'm in the 6th, 7th grade at that time. And y'all are <laughs> doing cool shit that I'm, like, fucking... <coughs> gonna start be bumping... Start bumping at sophomore year. So that's four years later. It feels, those days feel, you know, time feels a lot longer because it's like one, like one, when you're 10, one year is 10% of your life. When you're, when you're 20, a year is 5%. That's so I think just feel like man. time starts to kind of slow down. And then you start to be, you know, if you're 50 years old, one year is 2% of your life, I believe, if I'm doing THC math right. So I think that uh, <laughs> it's just weird even now, like, I'm only 26 now, pretty, pretty much. But, uh, dude, even at 16, that felt like time was infinite. Like, I remember bumping, like, all that early P. Dang shit, like, that felt, that feels like a dream ago. I don't really know how to explain it. So it's just cool to, like, correlate our timelines. Because, um, yeah. Educated Advocates is fucking dope, yo. Because that's post Ill Natural, right? Yeah. Correct? Shout out Christina Contagion in the building. The yeah. quiet legend in the beanbag chair. <laughs> um, so how did you and Jay, they want to be like, yo, we, we making music, but let's, you know, get this MPC. Because y'all do wild shit. You're doing, like, um, back and forth flows. You're doing, um, I think, stacked harmonies and, and then I think more stack horses, and you tried to bring I think a lot of more um, sonically speaking, you know, bigger thinking, not just some guy rapping like you said on one take, doing the hook in one take, like in, in his basement type shit. No, no offense, all, like that's how we all have to learn too. But like you guys have some cool structures. So what made you want to bring that to wax? I think it was, um, you know, we just uh, we knew that we could do, you know, we knew we could do 
regular, you know, the regular shit we can do, like, quick hooks and and 16s and all that, you know. Mm. Um, but we wanted to, like, spice it up. And mm. we wanted to make it a little more um, fun to do live, you know. I think the live show really was... That's what, a huge part of it, to be y- real. Yeah. And I think that when you're going, when you're going back and forth and you're doing, like, all this different... Uh, shit that's like a little a little extra level to it um it makes for a more fun live show mm-hmm. you know and uh, we learned that like looking at other artists that um we grew up watching you know so it's not like it was you shout them out they're probably well, I'm thinking like run dmc must come to mind yeah like run dmc most definitely big yeah. influence yeah. you know um they're peak showmanship peak branding like the back in that's back in 83 84 they started to do that and they were killing. I mean, think about Adidas, bro. My Adidas, like they, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were, they, they, they were doing like a lot of, a lot of like people are doing now. That they, you know, they didn't tag like a brand in their Instagram pictures, but they were rocking brands and doing a big performance shit in like in their own way. So I, I think I can almost, you know, see some of those energies with y'all too in Maine. Yeah, they they got that sponsorship, you know, but like, um, they were going like they they would trade, you know, like bars, well, they even like rap, half yeah. bars, yeah. even like words. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like. To me, that's just crazy exciting, man. When you have like a couple of rappers that are able to work together on that level and are well rehearsed, and you could go back and forth and just trade off yep. like that, and you know when the timing is just right. And um, so I think that was a big influence. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Because yeah. of the what I feel seen too. Um, because I want to talk about like when y'all end up with ghosts and everything too. But um, I'm trying to think. Of, were there other MCs at the time too? Like was was Flopez from around there too? Yeah, but yeah. And then um, let me see if my notes are correct. Um. Please say love. Is that another MC from the area yeah, too? Yeah, cool. So, yeah. what, what was it like to kind of like started to get your footing in the Waterville scene, and then like how'd you link up with with Ghost after that? So I feel like early on it was because um, I ended up linking with uh, Flopez later. Okay. Okay. Which was probably like um, 08 Bet. or around that time. Yeah. Um, but like coming up, you know, as like a teenager, uh, say love was definitely around on the regular, and she would be. Whenever you would see her, she would be rapping, freestyling, yeah. you know. She always had her homie Jeremy with her. Shout out Jeremy. Um, and he was the beatbox, and he would rap, too. Oh, that's, that's real OG old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were they were quite the duo, man. And uh, my homie uh, Chris, uh, my homie Chris uh, Incoherent. Nice. Uh, he was a few years older than me. He was kind of a mentor also when Respect. it came to rapping. Respect. And he was that dude who would be like anywhere, he would just start rapping. Mm. Or he would like tell you to start <clears throat> rapping. We'd be like walking down the street, we'd be like downtown, old ladies all around and shit like that. <laughs> and he's just in the zone rapping his ass off. Yep, yep. You know, making people nervous and shit like oh, that. Yeah, the best kind of rapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking people out kind of shit. Yeah, man, and we would always go over to his house and just have ciphers we'd throw on instrumental CDs and smoke out and just, we'd sit there and just freestyle for like fucking three plus hours, I you know, love just that. in the zone. How old are you probably, I guess like 13, 14 again? 15? Yeah, yeah, around man, that age, yeah. man, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, my folks were cool too, like, yeah. uh, they, they knew what was going on, yeah. they're like, you know, your music friends are cool, you know. <laughs> you can hang out. <laughs> That's you can come back. Shout out Understanding you know, Parents, man. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Understanding Parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this podcast is also actually officially sponsored by High Roller Lobster Company. Go stop by there. Great spot. Shout out them. Back yeah. to the business, though. Um, yeah, I got to say, man, um, as far as Waterville MCs go, too, uh, not, a, not enough uh, attention goes to 
the homie Serge Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was another Waterville dude. He ended up moving out of state and uh, did some made some moves. Uh, he was a dope MC. There were there were like a good amount of dudes that were, um, you know, a good amount of people that were rapping mm. in Waterville. And even at that time. And what's the population in Waterville? Like fifteen thousand or less? Yeah, yeah, like fifteen, sixteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. OB's around ten, but it pops up to like a hundred thousand in the summer. But still, <laughs> right, it's right. A, it's a, it's a, it's it's like a freaking incubation tank. It's a weird spot to be honest. But um, a lot of main towns like right around that ten to twenty thousand margin. Um, and yeah, let's kick it then to you becoming a name on that scene. Um, so you were like in your teens when you started Educated Advocates, right? Like late teens? Um, was it early 20s? It was early 20s. Early 20s, cool. Say. So you kind of yeah. had some time under your belt then and you kind of like were like, all right, let's actually do this. Like, how did y'all link up with Ghost? Because where's Ghost from? Uh, Ghost from South Portland. So- Sopa, okay. So, yep. Yeah, so how'd you guys like link up and want to like create like a trio together? I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I know that um, I think maybe we had done like a show together or something. Mm. And Jay and I had been uh, writing and recording tracks under the name Educate Advocates at that time. Oh, so he was even doing a solo act. Yeah, he was yeah. like as, he was as like a solo act. He was in another group as well, um, and we had him come through the studio, which mm. was in Waterville, for like a weekend session, mm. and uh, it went real well. And we ended up writing a handful of joints. Nice. Yeah. Organic shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, things just uh, came together quickly. We had all the beats ready to go, and we all sat down and wrote. So uh, I remember Jay talking to me and being like, yo, what do you think about um, having Ghost join us as, like, a third member of the group? And it was pretty much automatic, you know? Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all, you know, we all vibed. Everything uh, came together real nicely. So, um yeah, we ended up asking him to join a group. And, just um, like like butter, it just kind of went yeah. smooth. That's awesome. Yeah, because I think that's a very like I said, this is a very interesting sound and landscape of the um, main hip hop scene. What you guys are kind of doing, you know, mostly in Waterville, like that's a, its own little pocket of main hip hop. Because then it segues from there, obviously, to when you all link up with P Dank and start working a lot with P Dank. Because those are two, you know, Waterville and Wells are what two hours away. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. It's that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty good stretch, you know. That's like you know, if I'm if I'm going nuts, like that's like me to Orono, like me to Bangor from Old Orchard Beach. So it's like um, I know it's a good stretch, but y'all were dedicated. Y'all like made a lot of dope um tunes together. So I, I want to talk about that period. I know it's probably like you know something you um often talk about a lot. You know, probably too in interviews and things of that nature. But um, uh, it's just such a huge part of like the main hip hop scene. The most important question, though, I think is first off, uh, did you and Spose have like a sword fight on stage once? <laughs> and, and if so who won that who won that <coughs> we um yeah so me and Spose used to enter a good amount of MC battles cause I heard you were, you, you were pretty vicious in the uh, in the, the battle scene as well that's another fact I was I was told I tried to stay sharp with it you know yeah, I had okay. a lot of like older cats so freestyle and they would they would try to push me to make sure to keep sharp with the um mm. with the battle with the battle shit so I was, you know, I was feeling myself. Yeah. Um, there was an MC battle in Orono, and uh, I went to, <clears throat> I went out to that. Um, I was still in high school at the time or whatever, and I had heard about Spose, um, but I wasn't real familiar with him or whatever. So we officially met at that battle, and then I think it must have been um, shit like the second or third round, 
we got uh, matched up against each other. Whatever. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like one of the first times you met, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah no yeah, doubt. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, cool, because we were <coughs> the only. I think we were the only two cats that were like, you know, under under drinking age in this bar or whatever. For, for real, for battle. real. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna definitely like annihilate this dude, man. No problem. <laughs> and uh, he ended up getting me. He he legitimately like, yeah, it was. We had a good battle, but um, oh, I wish I could see that. We had a good battle, but he had some he had some great fucking lines, and I knew that they were made up on the spot because they were like regarding what I was, you know, what I had on and whatnot yep. like that. So um, I ended up taking the L to hey respect to though. You know, you, every L can turn into a W. <laughs> two, two L's makes a W. You know, that's right. <laughs> um, but the, so what, so how to go from battle rapping to Big Easy spitting? Because I'm one thing I'm very frustrated about is that I never got to see the Big Easy as as my like young hip-hop self now because i feel like i would have been in love with that place um i feel like that was a big link up too for like the scene and um educated advocates and the p dank um scene kind of linking up and just the whole main hip-hop scene I've, I've done a lot of research on the big easy and when i've heard it was like a meeting place for pretty much the whole scene like you want to talk about the kind of that time period like linking up with p dank being at the big easy things of that nature kind of any stories that come to mind you know um because that's i mean that's yeah, a lot man. too that's like a heavy freaking big time period but you know i just kind of that's that, that's huge part of history for me i think yeah the big easy was great man the big easy was really important to the main hip-hop scene and um i think that the energy that um the big easy like the energy around that open mic night at the big easy inspired so many people and it like uh, drop my phone apologies <laughs> listeners mike b with the assist <laughs> Thank you. Big easy though. Continue, sir. Uh, yeah. So it was. Um, it was just a great energy. The open mic. You always had great acts performing. Great showcases. Uh, great open mic. Um, catch freestyling, and there were like really. There was always really dope DJs on the turntables. You know. Mm. Shout um, out. You remember any names? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, DJ Shade. You know. Um, DJ Rue. Um, El Chupacabra. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, yeah, definitely Boondocks. Boondocks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Santos. Like, it was just, the culture was represented in a a way that was very full. You Mm. know, you had dope MCs, you had dope producers, dope DJs, uh, graffiti writers, B-boys were there, Mm. you know, and people came out to support and um, everybody came out to support each other too. Mm. So somebody had a showcase on one week, everybody else would be there, and then you know the next week it was somebody else, and you know so it was it really uh, built a, a great sense of community. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just I love that. It was fantastic for the scene for yeah. sure. And um, y'all and Pete Ank obviously were a huge part of that scene too. So what was it kind of like creating music? You know. At that time period, y'all were doing some pretty cutting edge shit for the scene. Shit, shit the scene hadn't seen before, in my opinion, or heard before, I guess, to be honest. Yeah, I think, you know, it just really was like um, everybody was kind of feeling the high from a great sense of community and um, everyone kind of pushing each other to, to outdo each other, you know? Mm. And um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a good vibe at the time and a things just kind of fell in place. I don't yeah. think it was really anything like we were super hyper-focused on like doing this or creating that. It was just 
we're all trying to make music to entertain. It just sounds like a very natural thing. It's almost like a, what is already understood is not need to be explained type of vibe. You know, it's like we're just kind of doing it. We're doing it out of love. I think that's kind of one funny thing I think about. Like I thought when I was younger, like what, what what's my mind state gonna be like when I'm like deeply pursuing my dreams? And now I'm kind of feel like I'm deeply pursuing my dreams and. I'm trying to have a mind state. I'm trying to just be, <laughs> like, nothing on my mind. Yeah. I want to be so into it that I don't have to, like, you know, always be, like, possessing, like, or trying to be possessive about, like, having a thought and controlling the situation. Like, as long as I'm kind of focused and just working and bettering myself, that's, like, all my mindset has to be. I kind of almost kind of can see that vibe in your eyes. You're like, we were just doing it because we love to do it. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. And uh, that's really, you know, it. And, like, I guess respect. Because that's, that's what I know. It probably was, like, a pretty special time to be, like, doing shit. Like, I bet every day you're like, all right, man, like, it's kind of cool. You know, we're doing some cool shit for the scene. Like, nobody else is doing this. Like, um, So, <clears throat> respect to all that, you know. I just love seeing um, new shit happen in the scene now. And a lot of that had to be kind of start to get the ball rolling, like, around your time. Because you need people even before you to get the ball rolling. So, it's just cool to, like, look back a little bit and see where some shit started. Because you got a lot of interesting stories, I think. Um, like, for instance... Uh, did you teach a cat to skateboard? Because <laughs> that's, that's pretty... I've seen some bulldogs that can do that, but cats got mad egos. They don't listen, man. Oh, man, it's crazy because I, I get credit for teaching the cat to skateboard, but really the cat taught himself to skateboard, you know? The cat taught itself to skateboard. I just provided the uh, environment for him to thrive. Tremendous. What was yeah. the cat's name? Big Dirt. Big, I knew it had a good shout name. Out, shout out Big Dirt. It's not going to be like the cast name Sam. Like <laughs> Joe. You know, it was a cast name Big Dirt. Yeah, no. Uh, the the other cats had like normal names. Big Dirt, though. He was, uh, was, he was a wild man. manuals down the stairs and shit. Man, I, the first night it happened, I was uh, just chilling in my kitchen. A friend was over, and um, I had my skateboard up against the wall. And he ran and knocked the skateboard down and landed on it, like in the same motion. And then he coasted across. <laughs> And I was oh like, did God. you just fucking see that shit? So from then on, it was it was a wrap. He would like, you know, put his feet on, he would put his front paws on there, push off with his back paws. Dude, that's <laughs> so legit, yo. Big I, Dirk. That's, yo, shout out Big Dirk, yo. That's, that was a real one, man. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P., yo. I lost my cat. I had a cat, Pumpkin, that did, would do some cool shit. She was my, it was weird. So I adopted this, like, kitten. My sister and I got these kittens, like, right from my grandpa's, like, shed when they, like, found this street cat. But then there was this, like, older cat we had that was a year older. She was this long-haired, like, orange cat. She looked like a little tiger. And uh, I started, like, liking her the most. Like, I had this little kitten that I picked. But I'm like, yo, you cool and all, but, like, this cat's cooler. So I would, like, show her this cat. And um, I'd, like, wake up in the morning and I had, like, I had, had this box and shit. And it's probably, I don't know, it's, like, summer, like... I'm like probably 16 and we do stupid shit like this and I'd like put like boxes in certain places and I always change it and every morning I'd wake up and I'd be like chilling and I'd just like look at the box and she'd be sitting in the box like she would know like where to go I could like point to like a table she would run and jump on it and like wait for me and then I could go and point to another one and she would go like I don't know how her brain worked so I was like <laughs> int intricate cats like that that are kind of special and like evolve almost but, like those are the cool ass ones so I think yeah, you know, man. Dirt's doing that same shit so you rest in peace to the, real, to, to the real cats man no question um is there a specific story behind the song Blue 22s? Uh <clears throat> I don't know I don't know that there was a specific story so much, you know. I think um at the time we were all working together, you know, and yeah. I know that we wanted to have uh Shane and Sarah on a joint yeah. and I had made the beat and um Man, I don't remember. did we did we write that together or separate? 
I remember writing it on my BlackBerry with you guys. Yeah. Okay. In the stew. What studio was it? In, 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 the in, one in the, Waterville. Oh, Waterville. Cool. Yeah. Did you ever go to Sarah's attic studio? No, I never did. No. That was kind of an no. I wish I had. That was a local spot. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be. It just mm-hmm. Shane seemed like the only one I wanted to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Was that the first song y'all worked on together? There was one more before that that was on the Educated Advocates. As far as I'm concerned, um, I think it was the first one Shane ever worked on with with EA, and that was a monster of a song. It was just bars. Bars. <laughs> bars. <laughs> Um, dope. Yeah, that was one of my favorite tracks. And you produced it, you said, right? Yeah. Great, I needed yeah. to transition. Um, I think your production, again, is just fucking, it's tremendous, yo. Um, I really, Thank you, uh, speci- specifically, I was really pumped because I um, ran back The Art of Listening. Is that, is that the last one you dropped? Yeah, yeah. 2017, did that drop? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yo, this is fucking dumb. Like, this is some really good classic, like, polished, well-mixed, modern boom bap influence hip hop I'm like I like this shit like I, like, I work in a dispensary and I'll put that on because that's like clean music that like people oh, will complain dope. about so it's like just cool to have beats on and shit so I'm like dude this motherfucker's still cooking up and like the <laughs> latter half of the 2010s after he like did some you know like really progressive like in my opinion again like legend shit like the beginning of the um, 2010s so um, I just let, just shout out the fact that you're still here cooking and you're still cooking up dope shit um, what's your process behind production man I really think you, you are like a little bit different out here in, in the 207 borders and what, with what you do? Word. Well, um, I, I think that my technique for production is probably something that not a whole lot of people are still doing exactly. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, when it, comes to my, when it comes to my beat making, I've gotten very much um, obsessed with having uh, my beats also be a showcase of my record collecting so oh, so your crate digging <clears throat> as much as your production or is, is you value that yeah yeah and I've, I've been collecting records um you know since i was like a teenager too and shout out colby college radio <laughs> yeah yeah and shout out and shout out to the record connection yo Waterloo. i was gonna okay that's one thing yeah. i should have brought up because doesn't jay karen work there now yeah jay and i both work you there. both work yeah. there i yep. gotta come through yep. i'm slipping i gotta make the, the day trip do a little legends tour of waterville <laughs> yeah you do you yeah. gotta check it out but man. anyway back so you, you've been crate digging forever and that influenced your production style so you're saying yeah so um like my production my beats are a showcase of uh my record collecting so in other words like I won't use, I'll never use like a downloaded uh, pack of drum sounds. I'll never, I'll never do that. Oh, and it's no disrespect to damn. other people who do. But to me, it's like a game. How much, like how can I make everything on the beat come from out of my crates? You know what That's I mean? That's wild. So as much as cats are digging for like dope uh, chops or loops, like you know, I, I also like to dig for dope drums. And um, so every drum sound... And any like you know dialogue piece or uh, really anything um, is gonna come out of the crates. That's old know? school shit, man. That's I just like, I mean, that's DITC shit for real. I like think it's I think it's uh it's like a, it's more of a challenge that way to me personally, yeah. you know. And it's a little bit more rewarding. Um, <clears throat> it it makes it a little bit more difficult to have like you know the 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 hardest drums mm. on every single joint. You know, you have to, like, do a lot of, uh, like, digging and layering and memorizing what's on what, you know. Damn. And so it you might s- be... So you sample everything? Yeah, everything everything off of records. And so, uh, you know, it'll be sometimes where it's like, I buy a record, 
in the whole record is trash, except like in the middle of one song, it's got a real crack and snare. The break or something. Yeah, well, much, it, a little, it might a little, be a break. A little different, or, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it might be a break on there, or it might just be an open snare, and that's it, you know? And yeah. so I'll have to remember, okay, this record has like a dope snare in the middle of like the third song or something. You that's know what I mean? fucking nuts. And then, and then, so when I start chopping up samples, then I try to figure out what the best drums will sound like, and I'll go back into the collection and, you know, try to remember what drums are on what record. Do you start with drums first most times? Uh, usually I start with a, uh, usually I start with like a stock kit, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's from <clears throat> samples or whatever, but I'll just have something that's not too far one way or the other. Yep. Uh, kind of like a basic drum kit and mm -hmm. then um, I'll start building the beat and then I'll stop and I'll try to think about what kind of drums I want to have on it. And then I'll go back and I'll get the drums together. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of both at the same time, I guess. I want to have some drums and I want to have some chops and Damn. figure out how to piece them together that way. Or so everything you ever do is LP based, sampled. Like, do you have like a uh, analog like converted to digital for like your record player or something? Uh, no. So everything goes from the turntable through the mixer into the SP four hundred four. Oh, use the SP, your SP boy. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Respect. I uh, the first beat machine I ever got was the SP three hundred three. And um, that's boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use that. I use that because uh, wasn't Jay using the MPC? Yeah, Jay so was you're on using the MPC. SP three hundred three. You up in Waterville, man? Yeah, using yeah. SP three hundred three. He's using the MPC. That's so badass, bro. And when I was on the three hundred three, it was funny because most people saw that back then as mostly like a DJ tool. Okay. Like not a whole lot of people were making beats on it. Cause <clears> it's just kind of crazy to make beats on it. It was yeah. very limited, you know. Um. But I would make all my beats from the beginning to end on the 303, which uh, I think both of the Educated Advocates albums was when I still had just the 303 um, and was making beats on those. That is, is that all in-house production, too? Uh, no, we had um, we had some beats from a few different people on the on the Educated Advocates albums. But, but. Um, actually, I had worked at a I'd worked at a party store that we used to have. Um, People come work from different uh, countries, and I met this dude from Sofia, Bulgaria. Is that via Colby or just like random instances it of was, people? It was just a shop in Waterville. That's so cool. And the dude was tied in with like a work program or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, I worked with this dude all, all summer, and at the end of the summer, I found out that he was a beat maker. And so no, I'm like, right. man, you need to make me a CD of beats or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it ended up being the homie Roughneck. Okay. Um, who did some Educate Advocates beats, and then through him we met his boy, also from Sofia, Bulgaria area, uh, called Metronome, and he did some drums That's for us wild, as well. man. Yeah, they Bulgarian were... Bulgarian <laughs> beats and Waterville, Maine. Yeah, they had some heat, man. Uh, big shout out to those dudes, man. That's so cool. Yeah. Fuck, man. Damn. Well, yeah. you definitely but, make it different. You definitely have a different kind of vibe than <clears throat> you would just open up Fruity Loops and download and pre you know loop shit man you fucking you have so is everything too like from your collection you said yeah everything is from out of the record collection um you know i don't like borrow records to flip or any of that it's kind of like if i sampled it like i had to earn it by getting in and i don't do reissues either you know what i mean like it's, oh, yeah, i gotta yeah. have an og copy <clears throat> 
Um, Damn. So, yeah. So if you ever hear a sample in one of my beats or something, and it's like what? from like a rare you're going deep, dude. <laughs> so you don't even give a fuck. It's like I don't even care if they released it in '85. If it came out in '79, yeah. I'm taking it's only the '79 pressing. Yeah, yeah. I want that. You How know, many up- I want that collector piece. <clears throat> How many LPs do you have? If you don't mind me asking. <clears throat> Uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't uh, counted or, uh, you know, archived them like properly or whatever. But at one point, um, I, I know at one point I estimated it at 5,000 or so, um, but that was a few years ago. So it's probably, you know, somewhere between five and ten. Hell yeah. Yeah. How, how many are you copping like every 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 month, you think? <laughs> it's up and down, man. It, it's... uh. It's up and down. It's been a little bit slower the last couple of months, but um, I don't know, man. Like I would say these these days, I probably uh, I probably grab like fifteen some months, and then other months it'll be like you know a few hundred or something, you know. Wait, a few hundred? Oh, you yeah, so you yeah. for real for you? <laughs> like I just collect records, and I go to certain <laughs> coffee shops on the weekends. I love Radiohead, but only like pre in rainbows, but like post Pablo Honey. It's like you, oh, you fucking buying three digit records sometimes. So, what's, yeah, what's, the, what's well, the last shit you bought, dude? Like, oh, like, like, I should really, actually, let me dial that down. What was like one of the last LPs you bought that you're like, wow, this is really dope? Uh, whew. um, I got the uh, I got the um, Incredible Bongo Band. Joint. I'm already um, intrigued by this. Damn, that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, the incredible bongo band. You would you would know it. It's got the um super classic uh B boy breaks on it. Um, oh dope. But uh I was real hyped to find that. You got some good drums on that then I bet. Yeah, but it's it's one of those pieces where it's like if you were to use the drums off of it, people would know exactly what it is right away. So so oversampled. And it's almost. been yeah, yeah, it's kind of oversampled. So it's James now, Brown funky drummer shit. Yeah, it's kind of become one of those pieces that like you cop so you can play it in like maybe if you're doing a DJ set or just really to have just a showpiece. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to flex something the to hang on the wall. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, heck yeah, man. Well, respect. I I mean now you know. I probably I got some good vinyl, more of like a you know I guess pound for pound quality over quantity because I don't have too too much, too too many. I don't even know if I have a hundred records yet. Um, actually, I don't know. Maybe I do. But who knows? You'll see. You probably guessed me. But um, before we get to the record and crate digging and um and the Ryan Butte alleged offices, I think we should do some rapid fire questions, homie. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Alrighty, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, go dogs or cats? Cats. Shout out uh, skateboarding cats, especially. Dirt. Shout out dirt. Shout out dirt. Pour some out for dirt. Pour some out for pumpkin. Moment of silence, real quick. We back. RZA or Premier? Premier. Who had the best album covers out of like old school artists for you? Boogie Down Productions. Oh, there's some good ass ones. Dude, <laughs> yeah. They had one where they did the Malcolm X drapes, right? Yeah. 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 Respect. Uh, rest, rest in peace, Collar Rock. Rest in peace, Malcolm X. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Snoop or Pac? Pac. Spring or fall? Fall. Recording in the studio or performing live? Live. First celebrity crush? <laughs> Myself. Oh, looking in the mirror. <laughs> Would you rather fall down a flight of stairs every day or pee your pants randomly three times a month? Oh, definitely pee the pants randomly. <laughs> Favorite I feel soap? like I could play that off. Yeah, just wear the pants. You, you flexing, man. You say it's a brand endorsement. The first MC to be sponsored by adult diapers. Because I'm in the studio so much, I can't fucking leave. Um, 
<laughs> favorite soul singer. Favorite soul singer. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm so bad with the favorite stuff. That's a hard, or like one of your favorites. What comes to mind? Otis Redding. Respect. Sitting, <laughs> sitting on the dock of the bay with, with my ringtone for a long minute. That voice, man. Uh, Mac, rest in peace, though. It's ready. Mac and cheese or spaghetti and meatballs? Both. Both in the same dish. <laughs> yeah, same bowl. Same bowl. <laughs> I'm mixing together. You could do that with Alfredo. I start I, with a breadstick. Oh. Yeah. And you eat it in out, of a bre- out of a bread bowl. <laughs> yeah. And the spoon's bread. <laughs> And the napkins, paper thin, crostini. That's the type um, of work it takes to keep up this physique, man. Yeah, man. Look at you, man. Brandon Dorser on it. All the sponsorships. Best food spot in Waterville. My place. Skirt, you cooking up. Chef Mike you know, B. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Most rare record you found in the record connection. David Axelrod. Uh, Songs, Songs of, of Innocence. Yeah, yeah. Two copies. You got one for me? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, if that, I find a third, I'll dude, let you that know. That album's crazy. That's some yeah. damn, man. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I was hoping favorites. you say Songs of Innocence. <laughs> yeah. Shit, B. Yeah. <clears throat> Woo. You probably were the best rapid fire I've ever had. You were. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Lunar Landing is one of my favorite MCs and people in, in the whole state. I think the rapid fire we had was longer than the rest of the interview. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. He was tangenting me, and I couldn't wrap myself back. He gave me this distillate-coated key joint, and I usually don't smoke that shit, but he was a guest. I'm not going to disrespect my guest. So I'm over here floating in like motherfucking some titan moon of Saturn, and he's just ranting about Ninja Turtles and God knows what. And I'm like, yo, we've been going for 50 minutes, and you haven't even told me what your favorite pizza topping is yet. So... um, you did great. Shout out Mike V. Um, not that, you know, time is an illusion and expectations are stupid, so just live in the moment and enjoy it because that was a tremendous podcast that we had with Lunar Landing. But I still appreciate uh, um, precision and cohesiveness and shit like that. Um, uh, let's talk about the now because you were on the Spizzy Spell podcast. Uh, let's talk about the now because you were on the Spizzy Spells podcast. And uh, did I hear rumblings? Maybe you, heard, you felt some vibrations like... Maybe thirty thousand leagues under the sea of an acoustic album in the near future. Is that is that real? I don't like to put again no pressure, no expectations. But is that something you f- y'all feel passionate? Maybe or do you know if they feel passionate about you getting some friggin' some lighthouse flashes somewhere? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know, man. You know it's so hard, man. Um, it is hard. Acousto, it is hard. you know, there's some wild dudes, so. Um, you never really know. They're on nautical. They're, they're on naval time, too. Yeah. So you, you don't know when they're going to be dropping it's, shit. They try. Yeah. And you communicate. You get the, um, what's that called with the. Uh, Morse code. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, every now and then. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I guess time will tell, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, if they ever need, you know, like a naval translator. I'm not only fluent in hip hop discourse. I'm pretty good with aquatic jargon. I worked at a mini golf spot that was um, <laughs> like a pirate themed. So, you know, when it comes to just. Anything that's gonna be, you know, nautical. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty on that pivot. So, um, no doubt, no doubt. I'm excited, you know. <laughs> I would love to hear more shit because y'all kill it. Um, alleged, or they kill it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but Mike B, um, what's you got any um solo plans? I mean, just based on how fucking good art of listening was, I'm like scratching my neck over here thinking like, what's next? Again, like you have anything kind of in the works? You kind of just chilling, taking it slow. Um, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been working real steady. Um, Respect. 
since uh, since I put out the art of listening. Um, so I have uh, it's been a lot of records that I was able to produce for other people um, between then and now. Um, some of them are out. Some of them are. Yeah, you want to sh- shout out some of the some of the discog you got going on now? Um, some of the credits. Yeah, let me think. Uh, shout out to uh, you know I did a bunch of um, production work from for my dude uh, Cal Carter. Uh, we dropped a record a little while back. Bet. Um, it was some uh, um, great joints on there, and um, you know I did some I did some joints with uh, Ben Shore. Mm. In uh, he actually got a acrobatic and Mr. Lift. Uh, yeah, Oxbow, on, right? Well, he oh, got him on, on uh, track. Yeah, he got him on um, tracks that I produced. Oh, that's sick! They're uh, Boston legends, man. They're underground legends. Yeah, yeah. Def I've Jeff's always shit. been a big fan of those dudes. Um, and then you know a bunch of a bunch of other things that I have in the works that um, I can't really. I'm not really gonna. You know what the, yeah, Bring you know, up specifically, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, you working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely. working? Yeah. Uh, and then aside from that, man. Um, yeah, I might be sitting on like a few different B tapes um, Ooh. Ooh. that I have. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. There might be some of that coming um, down well, the road. My email is bennyp at ranby.com. So anybody out there who likes uh, to maybe get you know a second opinion or just want to share, uh, that line's always open. We're always here to help. <laughs> uh, respect. So you got, you out here busy? Yeah, yeah. That's right. You working? Even if you, it doesn't matter if you when you're dropping shit, it just. As long as you keep the craft going or have at least the inclination and maybe one day pick it up and it sounds like you've been busy so it's respect yeah I, i've been uh i've been working on um something you know every every 24 hours it's rarely that a day goes by that i don't Ooh. have the mpc on and you're working at the record you know store I mean? and shit too yeah yeah tremendous yeah, i'm at the record store um so yeah i mean it's it's crazy man like i got a lot of stuff that's just um tucked away right now you know hell yeah hell and, yeah uh, i've been keeping the pain been keeping the pen moving a bit too yeah. you know uh, so some days man i'll just make a beat and i'm like i don't i want to be the one to rap on this beat you mm-hmm. know what i mean so then i'll uh you know i'll sit down and uh, write a joint or whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of set it aside so um yeah hell yeah been hell keeping yeah. busy sweet i almost want to do another rapid fire <laughs> i didn't write any more down though <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay. Naps or staying up all night? All night, staying up. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. 80s music and 90s music? Both. The Goonies is great. <laughs> Agreed. That's it, Jack. Um, favorite pizza topping? Uh, uh, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous, like lots of it. Extra cheese, yeah, yeah. Three X's because he's dirty like that. <laughs> That's um, right. Triple extra cheese. Yeah. Um, you like a bulky roll or you like like a sub? Man, depends on what's going in it. Ooh, favorite topping for a bulky roll or like favorite filling for a bulky roll? Peanut butter and jelly. Oh. <laughs> favorite type of peanut butter. <laughs> Oh man, that Teddy. The Teddy. Gotta be, <laughs> gotta be the, the Teddy. Teddy organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. Yeah. Uh, favorite filling is like, you know, type of sandwich on a sub? I don't know, man. I, I don't even care what's inside of it. Sardines and, 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 and mustard seed. And then just, and then yeah. overpowered uh, fish powder. Give me some of the sauce to dip it in. 
what sauce? I don't know. Tremendous sauce. (laughs) Mike B's Tremendous Sauce. sauce. This podcast is sponsored by Mike B's Tremendous Sauce. Uh, (laughs) Pause. Um, uh, Would you like like a nice throw pillow or a nice like foot rug? Man, what the hell is a foot rug? Like that, like that rug right there. I'll take the throw pillow you and take the, the foot throw rug. pillow over that. Yeah, uh, would yeah. you rather fight a dog that's the size of a bear or three bears the size of Pomeranians? I take the three bears on. What up? I take three full size bears. Shit, yo. <laughs> would you rather try and kick a bear or flying knee a bear? Flying knee? Yeah. Or kick? What, yeah. Cause I mean, it'd be might... one after another, but I probably hit him with a kick first. You hit him with like a make low him leg drop kick. his guard. Yeah, like an oblique kick. I, yeah, and then I, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> then I hit him with the knee, and then you had the fly knee. Jose Aldo, Cub Swanson. Oh yeah. shit! Uh, would you rather be locked in the cage with Prime Anderson Silva for ten minutes, or be locked in a bullfighting ring with three angry bulls, and you're all wearing red for like thirty minutes? <laughs> This is, I mean, last time I did that, it went well. So, oh, you know, I'll take the three bulls. Uh, I yoke them out. Who um, would win in a wrestling match, Shane or Spose? Who? Shane or Spose? I'm going to break it some hearts for this one. It would be a tie. That's a very diplomatic it answer. That's a, a good friend. That's a good friend right there. <laughs> um, late night takeout or early morning cold leftovers? It's can't have one without the other that's exactly the answer i was looking for <laughs> um you like renting movies or going to the theater it depends on who i'm with Ooh, oh <laughs> um you like uh like dressing up like you in a nice little tiny outfit they, they like in the sundress or you like talking like leggings and you just and you were just in the crew neck chilling wait who's in the what i don't know <laughs> when, when you're out on a day at the movies Okay, anything like okay. that. All right. You, you you and a significant other of your choosing. <laughs> what kind of what kind of what kind of value you want? Like co- cozy and low or you you high class? It's all about what's inside, man. Dude. <laughs> Favorite emotional quality in another human being. Patience. What does patience mean to you? Feel like it means uh, I feel like it means understanding, like a like a mutual understanding, mm, you know. Mm. Like um, people fly off of the handle when they don't understand where somebody is coming from or why they're doing what they do. But if you really understand what somebody's what the motive is behind somebody's actions, that's when you can have patience with somebody. And uh, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, it's a bumper sticker, man. <laughs> Jack O'Lanterns or Christmas trees? Uh, Jack O'Lanterns. Christmas or Halloween? Halloween. I was gonna be like, if you said Christmas, then another answer don't make any sense. <laughs> Mouthwash or floss? Both. David Robertson and Chris Mullen. David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what? <laughs> I'm done. Yo, I can't do it anymore. Oh, fuck. Uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien or Fat Lip? Mm, I'd have to go with Del, I think. Right. Shout out to Fat Lip. Yeah, yeah. How, how, so you were vinyl head. You you got deep hip hop knowledge too. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely people with much more deep hip hop knowledge than me. You know. Well, let's say like Ten's an expert, and like one you don't know, doo doo. <laughs> what are you? What, what would you self say? I'd say like I'm like an eight. 
Okay. I'd probably, you know, I'd probably put myself like a seven. Okay, yeah, okay. Eight, so let's do some more shit. Lloyd Finesse or um, A G, not A G. Who's the motherfucker? Who else made beats? Was it Showbiz or A G who made beats? Showbiz. Showbiz, yeah. Because it's Showbiz and A G. Finesse. Yeah, Showbiz oh, and Finesse. Are we talking beats? Just, just, be just production because they just both rap beats. too, but just beats because they both were like you. They did both sides of the coin. I'd have to go with Biz. Biz. Showbiz. Yeah, yeah. dude. Even after hip to the game and all that shit, dude. Yeah, that beat's crazy. What? But, uh, you know, finesse on the mic, though. Because his funky beats were crazy. Man, that funky and his raps were fucking crazy, too. That, so it's I still like think overall, DITC is underrated. Yeah, yeah, DITC, Diamond D, one of my favorites. Fat Joe, Big L, Showbiz yeah. and AG, OC. Like, come do that stuff. Exactly. Um, yep. What else, what else, what else, what else, what else? Favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, Ghostface Killer. Favorite Ghostface Killer album. Oh man. Or which one? Which one do you really fuck with right now? <laughs> Fish Scale. Uh, yeah, I, I did like Pretty Fish Tony. Fish. I think Fish Scale, Pretty Tony Story, uh, Supreme Clientele, obviously um, Iron Man. Iron Man um, yeah. do you do you hear um, what is it? The one that just came out. Uh, 12, not, didn't, didn't just come out, but 12 Reasons to Die with Apollo Brown. You ever heard that shit? I heard that. That shit's crazy. Yeah. Or no, that was with um Adrian Young. Adrian, Apollo yeah. Brown flipped it on, I think, did the Brown tape. Yep. Which is dumb, yep. too. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't really want to force any more hip-hop knowledge. So, yeah, <laughs> this was, you, you know what you fucking talking about. <laughs> um, shit, it must have been fun. Um, so you, got, you steady working. You yeah. just appreciating the art form, the vinyl. Um, what's it like being at this part in your career, man? What does it feel like? Is it something you think about? You seem like you're pretty in the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think about things a whole lot, you know what I mean? I mean, as far as, like, analyzing things, man, I just know that, um, as far as what I'm doing right now, man, I just have this drive that, uh, mm. is, um, it's always there just yeah. to grab records, chop samples, make beats, and, um, it doesn't go away. Mm. So uh, that's the biggest thing for me. I like that, Mike B. I like you have pretty, definitely not unlimited, it seems like, but you have very, like, there's a lot of positive longevity, but it's a very, like, uh, calm level, if that makes sense. You seem like you just kind of like, like like to do what you like to do, and you can keep doing it. I don't really want to think about anything else besides that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like that, because that's kind of how I try and, ground myself too because you're doing cool shit but at the same time we just live in a main we just out here doing what we like to do like yeah. we're just lucky to do it um what's, your, think, favorite, what's you your favorite know, snack by the way i forgot to ask that one favorite snack oh man like salty crunchy like junk food i'm not a big junk i'm not a you would be surprised but because <laughs> i'm uh you know i'm not a skinny dude but i'm not a big snacker really man um always what's your what's your favorite like big meal then Balling out, Jack. Man, I don't know. You know what? I've always been a weird. All right, I've always been kind of like a weird uh, meal person, mm. and I think like a lot of the time it's because I'm so focused on whatever else is going on mm. that I'm the type of dude that's just gonna like take like one thing and like cook that up real quick and then eat it while I'm like making a beat or something yeah I can, that's, you know that's, I mean? that's, I'm imagining you like just always having shit going on in the background like you eating something so I'm like trying to like, think like what's Mike be eating when he's in the stew yeah, yeah. 
Whatever's no, at I hand, mean, really? I like to cook. I like to cook if I'm cooking for, like, other people or whatever. But, you know what but, I mean? But. but if it's just me, man, I'm just, I'm just going to, like, you know, I'm going to eat some celery sticks and just make a beat or something. You know what really? I mean? Really? Like, yeah, just, just like whatever, man. Whatever until the, the, until the stomach stops rumbling. You know what I mean? Damn, man. But uh, I'm not, like... Um, I'm not super driven by that. Hell yeah. What I mean to interrupt, so you, you're talking about kind of just like how you just like to kind of keep it, keep it simple and keep it going, but uh, yeah, I always like to hear what people's favorite foods are. But yeah, continue, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm not good with favorites yeah. of, of really of any type. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. What I mean, I'm not a... I'm not a huge favorites person. Man. That's good, though, because it shows you you ain't dealing in absolutes. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of look at what's in front of me, man. Put, you know, you put some food in front of me, I'm going to mm. be like, cool, thank you for... Thank you for fucking feeding me. Living in the moment. I appreciate yeah. this meal. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. yeah, yo. Hell yeah. Damn, man. I think that's really it. Is there anything else you want to say about like your process or like just being here like at this moment or like uh, just what, like anything that's about to come or anything you want to plug or anything? Nah, I mean, I want to say thank you for having me here for sure. Mm. Um, I want to say shout out to anybody that uh, took the time to check out uh, this podcast mm. and you thank know the you. others of yours as well man I appreciate mm. that you're out here uh, giving people a opportunity to talk about their art thank and um, yeah that's about it man like uh, hopefully people check for uh, what I got coming down the road yeah. but as of right now nothing nothing specific to plug at the moment so. hell yeah well you know I'll be boosting it and promoting it whenever that time comes uh, shout out Sarah Violet shout out Violet Media Booking for all your expensive, but not too too like late in the night. Um, uh, you know, just events so you can get some checks for for the for the young artists. Shout out Christina Contigi as well uh, for just sending good vibes in the shadows of the room. And uh, the last question I uh, say to Mike B, uh, I ask everyone this: is uh, where will Mike B be one year from now? Man, I'll put money that I'll be in a bedroom somewhere with my turntable and MPC turned on. Uh, chopping up some fucking beats, uh, ignoring my phone, and uh, you know, doing some shit like that. That's that's beautiful. That's <laughs> love. That's hip hop. Uh, it's two or seven. It's main hip hop. Shout out, um, y'all for listening. Shout out everyone for being here. Shout out the state. Uh, shout out the fresh air and the trees and the in the ocean. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Hey yo, hey yo, long pause. Return to form. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Shout out Mike B. It was a huge honor to have him on the Futhon at the crib. Seriously, y'all, do your research on Mike B if you haven't. A legend, a legend. Go beat the art of listening, his last instrumental tape. This podcast is sponsored by High Road Lobster Company, Fire on Four, and Yardy Team, Portland, Maine, 207. Benny's Crib, Round B. Someone knocking at the door. You better open it up. You know who it is? Opportunity.